What's going on, family? Happy Tuesday. Welcome to another edition of The Faction. I hope you guys are doing well. I hope you have had a great week, a fantastic weekend. Certainly, there's been so much going on in the world of pro wrestling. It's always a thing. And so we are your spot to keep you updated on all that's going on. So thank you again for staying connected to us here at The Faction. Whether you're following us on the socials at The Faction Show or you're subscribed to our podcast on Google, Spotify, Apple, or wherever you're joining us from. Thank you so much. We do not take your support for granted. It really, really means the world. Shout out to all of you who are rocking the new Bet on You t-shirt. Man, that means an awful lot to me. If you don't have yours already, you can go right now to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Bonnerfied and get your new shirt. Man, oh man, some really, really great things are happening with that. Thanks to all of you who also joined us for Battle Slam Night 1 and Night 2 on Fight TV. If you've not done so, you can check them out for free on Fight TV. Just search for Battle Slam The Takeover. You'll see Night 1, Night 2. You'll get to hear commentary from yours truly along with Shug D and a lot of really cool surprises in terms of folks joining us in the commentary booth on these two shows. So go ahead, check them out. Let me know what you think. With that said, we've got a lot to get to in terms of pro wrestling action. Over the weekend, the NWA presented NWA 74. It is in honor of the 74th anniversary of the NWA. And last year's event took place at the Chase in St. Louis. And instead of it being a two-night affair for NWA 73... The first night was the Empower pay-per-view, which was the all-female pay-per-view from the NWA, produced by Mickey James. And then the second night was the anniversary show. This year, instead of doing Empower, NWA 74 did a two-day anniversary show which was very, very intriguing, to say the least. There are a couple of things of great significance that happened. For one, we have new tag team champions as La Rebellion defeated Hawks Airy to become the new champions, and that's because the previous champions, the team of Doug Williams and Davey Boy Smith Jr., had to forfeit the championships because of an illness suffered by Davey Boy Smith Jr., so there's that. There was also a very interesting promo cut at the start of the show by Nick Aldis, who noted very clearly that he was supposed to be the number one contender for the championship. And then things were changed by the owner, William Patrick Corgan. Very interesting, to say the least. We also saw Camille successfully defend the NWA championship night one against Taya Valkyrie and then night two against Max the Impaler. Max the Impaler won the Burke Invitational on night one to become the number one contender for Sunday night show. And so one of the things that we need to park and spend some time talking about is Camille. Camille, the NWA Women's World Champion, is on her way to a 450-day title reign. It's the 10th longest reign in the history of the NWA Women's World Championship. And so while that absolutely should be applauded, 
The bigger question that many others have is, why is Camille's name not being mentioned in the current conversation of great women's champions and great women's wrestlers? Yeah, that is a real question to ask when you consider the caliber of some of the opponents that she's defeated. I mean, think about it. This weekend alone, she defeated Taya Valkyrie a multiple-time women's champion, and Max the Impaler, clearly the most intimidating presence in the NWA. Camille defeated them both. She's been champion since June of 2021, where she defeated Serena Deeb for that championship. So it's very interesting that we're not having more conversations about Camille. Now, with that said, I think there are a couple of things that contribute to this. On one hand, you know, what is Camille doing to put herself in the conversation socially, right? Is she being present? Is she doing the things from a mainstream perspective that keep people talking? The other piece of that equation is what is the NWA doing to position Camille in the conversation amongst the other massive names that we regularly discuss? So it's all a very interesting conversation. I did discuss this particular point on WWT Live yesterday, which you can find on the Women's Wrestling Talk podcast, Twitch channel, and YouTube channels as well. So you can check out my full thoughts on that there. By the way, shouts to all of you who join us regularly for WWT Live. You can check it out on both Twitch and YouTube, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, Every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. It's really just absolutely fantastic. Imagine TMZ Live just for pro wrestling. That's what WWT Live is, and I absolutely love being a part of that show. Some really, really great things happening there. Shout out to TK Trinidad and the entire crew there at WWT Live. Now, let me also go ahead and say this. I happen to believe that it is important that we support the wrestling that we like. Thankfully, there are so many presentations of pro wrestling in the marketplace that it doesn't require that you support and like every single version that's being presented to you, but you should find the ones that you like and go hard for them. Absolutely. So I happen to be a supporter of the NWA, and, and I am, and it's because I want to see everybody win. I certainly want to see the NWA win. I do think there are some things that are going on there that are pretty interesting. With that said, I am a fan of some of the action that we're seeing there. So if you want to be a part of what the NWA is doing, obviously check them out. They have their regular shows NWA USA and NWA Power, which you can check out on YouTube, and all of their pay-per-views and exclusive content you can find on Fight TV. So, shout out to the NWA, celebrating 74 years, very intrigued to see what year 75 will look like for them, so we'll keep our eyes and ears peeled on that. Now then, to the WWE, who continues to make life very, very interesting. Got a shout out Santana Garrett. Santana Garrett marks the latest former WWE employee to make a return to the WWE. Now, Santana Garrett spent two years in NXT, didn't have the most successful record, but she certainly was there. She also was a part of the Mae Young Classic and participated in the Royal Rumble. She's a former NWA World Women's Champion, having spent 314 days as champion. She returns to WWE 
in the role of coach at the Performance Center. Now, before you think, oh man, this is a demotion, please understand the value of the coaches at the Performance Center. They ensure that the newest crop of WWE superstars really hold on to and extend the legacy of what we know WWE to be for. And it's those coaches that honestly change the trajectory of women's wrestling, not just in the WWE, but across the landscape of this business. So with that said, very exciting news to see Santana Garrett join the amazing crew of coaches already there at the WWE Performance Center. When we come back, we're going to have a conversation to recap last night's episode of Monday Night Raw. Hits, misses, and the crowning of new champions. We'll talk all about that when we come back. I've known Dylan since he was 15. I've known what a crazy fanatic he's been. He never just went and played. So what are you doing? Well, you know, I got to plan the show first. He wants to be the guy shaping. Dylan used to run shows back in his hometown, and ever since he moved to Atlanta, I know that he's been really wanting to start his own company here. I had that fear of not being what's interesting in Atlanta. I said, I'm going to start my own wrestling promotion. You need to get in a room with this guy. Because at the end of the day, wrestling had grown stale in Georgia. I'm like, dude, this guy's ruffling everybody's feathers. Dylan learned that I'm impatient, and I announced that we were going to start a promotion 90 days later. And I knew that I had no content. But then I started to see all the things that he was doing. It was starting to look really professional. Gary had stirred up so much shit. We were gonna be the laughing stock of the entire city if we didn't deliver. Perception's reality. How do we get on Southern Honor? What was the process of them walking over there like, I'm gonna do that? I thought, honestly, he was dead. You hear his brain swelling. I literally thought Southern Honor was probably done. You always told me, if you don't like an idea, come up with a better idea. You're telling me you won't listen to the idea? And we're gonna pack 1,000 people! I couldn't wait for an answer from Chris. We weren't sure. No confirmation. How about that? The lights are going out here. The first indie show I've ever done in 23 years was with Southern Honor, and now everyone's talking about this company. Nothing bigger than that's ever gonna happen here for a few minutes later. It was extremely hard to maintain relationships because I was working with Gary. I don't know that they would go to war for me. They would go to war for Dylan. Finally, this year is going to be mine. COVID. I can honestly say my last match will be here just because Southern Honor is that special to me. So many things that have happened in my life that you could write on paper and it would read as a book. And Southern Honor is just another chapter. As long as there's a been if they need each other to survive, if they're going to make it to the end, they're going to have to work together and not against each other. Somebody call his mama, GB! It's the cat! Ernest Miller, the three-time world karate champion. Unbelievable. And this right here. Look at this face oh, my, my. Oh, hang on. Wait. What? It's Danny. It's Danny Jordan. Don't do it. I think we all know what he has in mind. Oh, God. A Death Valley driver right under the barbed wire. Well, we've had a day. 
an insane ending to a wild night here at the fourth annual Rumblejack. This is the Stroke Daddy Ricky Starks, and you know I only do it one way, and that's big. You're not listening to The Faction. Monday Night Raw took place live last night, and I'm going to tell you now, there are going to be some spoilers in this conversation, so if you want to press pause until you finish watching Raw, feel free to do that. If not, press play. I'm not going to discuss every single detail in terms of results, but I am going to talk about some things that I thought were amazing. And let me start by saying this. If you are not watching Monday Night Raw these days, there are plenty of reasons to do that. And that alone makes Monday Night Raw extremely enjoyable. Admittedly, there were times where I was watching Monday Night Raw for a specific segment or a specific wrestler or a specific story. These days, they are presenting enough material where every segment is something that we need to pay attention to. And again, I think Triple H has found a formula that is working. And the good thing is it's not predictable. So for instance, these last few weeks, we've been seeing Dexter Loomis show up and attack seemingly AJ Styles, and then the attack turned to The Miz. Well, before we got too much of that, he didn't attack anybody this week. But now this whole idea that The Miz is kind of losing his mind right now with where he is and isn't seeing Dexter Loomis. It's a win. It is a major, major win. The nuance to the storytelling that's happening right now in WWE is something incredible. And to that, let's talk about Seth Rollins and Riddle. Excuse me, Matt Riddle. Yes, Riddle got his name back last night. And I'm just going to tell you this now. The fact that we are seeing, again, these small details happening in WWE are making a massive difference. People are getting their names back. People are getting their identities back. People are getting their confidence back. And that is what we like to see in WWE. We saw it for a while in NXT, but never thought we'd see it on Raw and SmackDown. But we are. We're seeing history being revisited. We're seeing these kinds of things that as fans we remember. And the fact that now they are being remembered by the WWE is great. It is wonderful. It is exciting. And so there's so many great nuances to talk about. What's happening with Riddle and Seth Rollins. You know, there was a point in time where I was kind of tired of this one because it seemed like it was going nowhere. But they have really turned up the intensity level from the fights in the parking lot to the scathing post-interview that happened. Things are getting serious. They're hitting below the belt. It is the type of thing that we like to see. It is what made the Attitude Era special. And it's because people decided to go personal, to get real. And it feels amazing. I'm really looking forward to this match. There are clips all over social media of that incredible interview that happened last night between Seth Rollins and Matt Riddle. That's right. Riddle has his name back and I am excited about that another thing that's really exciting me is what's going on with the bloodline now I know there are some folks who are about tired of Roman Reigns and the bloodline I am not one of them and this new wrinkle 
of Sami Zayn. I think it's time for us to give Sami Zayn his flowers. Like, no, for real. Give Sami Zayn his flowers. This man is doing the Lord's work in the bloodline. So we haven't seen Paul Heyman since SummerSlam, but now stepping up in an entertaining role is Sami Zayn. His exchanges with Roman Reigns and the Usos have been must-see TV. When you can make somebody laugh and break character, you're the man. Sammy's dances, Sammy's support of the bloodline, and then the new wrinkle last night with the conflict between is he going to side with the bloodline or is he going to side with his best friend Kevin Owens? Good Lord, the storytelling is special. The match between Owens and Jay Uso was great. The connection between Jimmy Uso and Sami Zayn and then the conflict between Jay Uso and Sami Zayn. It is just great. It is great. It is great. And I just found myself enjoying all things Sami Zayn, all things Bloodline, and even the fact that WWE and the and the commentators were willing to announce that 18 months ago, Roman Reigns and Kevin Owens had a battle that Owens should have won if not for the Bloodline. In the WWE gone by, that fact would have never been mentioned, but this is not that time. This is a brand new day. And so, again, I am grateful for Triple H now being in charge of creative. And, you know, when we talk about the biggest story of 2022, I definitely think it's going to be Vince McMahon leaving the WWE. And I don't know if you count Triple H taking over creative within the same story or as a separate story in and of itself. We'll probably get to that point once we get to the end of the year. But, this is clearly the move that changed pro wrestling as we know it, and I love it. So let's have this conversation because we now know that we have new WWE Women's Tag Team Champions. They are Raquel Rodriguez and Aaliyah. So there are two things here that are surprising to me. I'm sure there's one that's surprising to a lot of people. My pick to win this thing was EO Sky and Dakota Kai. So I'm low-key surprised that they didn't win it. However, and comma, I'm trusting the process on this. I think what we're going to see is at some point either they will win the tag titles because it just seems to make sense. Or the other surprise in all of this, I know people are expecting Sasha Banks and Naomi to show up at some point. I don't know whether they will or they won't. Or if there's a super smart move at play here, which is to get us to stop thinking about them and then they show up. This is going to be, I think, the fun part of watching Triple H and the whole crew play cat and mouse with us, right? So we can't always get everything we want at the exact time that we want it so that then when we get it, we have great appreciation for it. So I don't think we're going to see Sasha and Naomi anytime soon, but I think when we do see them, it's going to be about maximum impact. And I am super pumped for what that's going to look like. So then... That makes this weekend very, very interesting for a lot of reasons. For one, on the WWE side, you have Clash at the Castle this Saturday. Special start time in the States of 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific. And then on Sunday, two big events. You have NXT's Worlds Collide at 4 p.m. Eastern. And then you have AEW's All Out happening at 8 p.m. Eastern. 
So it's going to be a lot of rustling this weekend. I'm excited. We will likely talk predictions a little bit later this week. So I'm looking forward to doing that. But I'm intrigued of those three events. Will you be watching all three, any two of them, one of them, or none of them? Let us know right now on the socials at The Faction Show. So tonight should be very fun as we look at NXT and their final show before when Worlds Collide. So that should be very intriguing for sure. As again, Worlds Collide, we'll see the NXT and NXT UK championships from across the board unified. With that said, there's an interesting piece of news that has just come out. William Regal, of course, who is head of the Black Combat Club in AEW recently did an interview and on the interview he talked about his feelings on NXT UK and NXT Europe and one of the statements that he made is this idea that if sticking up for NXT UK gets him fired from AEW then so be it well people took that particular line and ran with it turned it into a bit of clickbait And Regal spoke out and basically said, hey, listen, guys, if you're going to quote me, go back and listen to the entire interview before you do that. So with that said, I think he shared some things in this interview that really should be headlines. So I want to share some of what William Regal said in this interview, which will give you some insight regarding NXT UK and NXT Europe. Here's what he said. He said, quote, It's been over 10 years that NXT UK was in the thought process. I also know that for the last several years, NXT Europe was in process. Things changed in the last year and different things, but now things have changed again and things are back on track. I don't work there and I don't ask, but the expansion of NXT was going to happen. I was personally working on that for the last seven or eight years until January. Unfortunately, there are people who are not going to have jobs at the moment. It doesn't mean they can't come back. That's wrestling. Everything was done for the right reasons. He went on to say, so if they want to try and take me up on this, take me up on it. And if I get fired from the company I'm working for now for sticking up for them, then so be it. NXT UK was a passion project of mine to give a decent place for British and European talent to get a pipeline so they could go to WWE and have the charmed life that I had. If they don't like that, then they can get stuffed. This was all done for the right reasons. How it's played out is an unfortunate Thing So shout out to William Regal and kind of the lessons in that is that the expansion of NXT UK into NXT Europe is not a new idea. It's been something that's been in the pipeline for apparently many years. And to know that William Regal worked on NXT UK as a passion project is another big piece of information. And the idea that he said this was all done the right way also speaks volumes. So with that said. This makes all of this even more interesting. And if what we've been seeing over the last five to six weeks is any indication, then those folks who were released will have an opportunity to return if it makes sense for them and if it makes sense for NXT 
Europe. So congratulations to William Regal for speaking up on that and giving us even more insight into the process surrounding NXT UK and NXT Europe. With that said, we're going to get out of here. We will certainly keep you posted on some big things that are happening in the world of wrestling all week long. And a reminder, if you've not already done so, you can certainly check out some of my latest commentary work on SHW by going over to IWTV. You can check that out. You can check out the latest episodes of Battle Slam on Fight TV. Also, Championship District Wrestling, a brand new promotion here in Atlanta, which is a bit of an offshoot of those who have hung out at the Nightmare Factory. That is available right now. You can check that out on the YouTube channel for Championship District Wrestling. The entire debut show is there. And speaking of the Nightmare Factory, Student Showcase 6 from the Nightmare Factory is an event that I had the opportunity to call as did my SHW cohort, Brandon Benefield. We worked with students on that one, so it's pretty awesome. However, this past weekend, we both had the opportunity to call the entire Student Showcase 7. So I can't wait for that to come out. Some great new talent there. And uh, yes, did get an opportunity to talk to Cody Rhodes, and I'll just say that. That's all I'll say. Granted, so great, great time, certainly, and uh, I appreciate you guys supporting what we're doing here at The Faction. Shout out to Courtney Beard, by the way, who had a birthday on Friday. Shout out to him, and we are just always proud of all that Courtney is doing. And by the way, speaking of Courtney and Clack, got another episode with the three of us that we're going to be releasing I think we should release it this week. It's a conversation that is very, very much a classic kind of conversation with us. And I'll give you a sneak peek of it. It's based on a question that we ended up asking in our group chat that we brought to a full conversation. And trust me, it is classic faction conversation if you're new and you don't know what it's like when the three of us get together trust me pay attention to this episode that's going to drop this week and then we'll look forward to hearing what you have to say about it as well but until next time representing for my good brothers courtney beard brandon clack and the fourth horseman the ep john murray i am gb gerard bonner and this is the faction I my people. here we go